It's time for another episode of Mainly Modifieds, where ground pounders and northeast speed freaks come to get their radio fix on. Let's join the Race Chaser Media crew in the studio. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's Mainly Modifieds podcast, where we talk about, well, mainly modifieds this week will be very modified centric too because uh, we've got a lot going on and uh, we do have uh, an announcement that uh, you probably already saw yesterday online but um, an additional race being added to the wheel and modified tour schedule which is a really cool thing so we'll talk about that Uh, my name is tom baker with race chaser media kyle souza will be joining me uh, in a little while we uh we will talk about the Wheel and Modified Tour and what's ahead for them. The month of August looking pretty solid all of a sudden on the tour, which is great news. We've got some tri-track discussion to have because, of course, they've got a race coming up this weekend. And a Cup Series racer is going to be in the field for that one. That should be a whole lot of fun. Uh, we've got some uh, stuff from Stafford to talk about, uh, a lot of stuff going on. And, of course, we've also got... Our featured interview, and this week it is Modified Racer Eric Goodell, and I am not going to waste any more time. I'm going to step aside. We're going to hit the button on that interview because it's a really nice interview that uh, Kyle did. Uh, A lot of good information in there, and Eric had some interesting things to say uh, about this season in particular. So uh, let's check that out, and then we'll have a short break and come back with uh, Kyle and I uh, and continue the show. Here now is Kyle with Eric Goodell. Welcome back to this week's edition of Mainly Modifieds. We're catching up with Eric Goodell, who's been quite the busy driver uh, in the modified ranks the last couple of years, running on the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour, running, uh, going to start running a little bit more, I think, on the Tri-Track Open Modified Series this weekend, at least for his second effort with that in his career, and has been running uh, at the Stafford Motor Speedway as part of their Open Modified 80s. Eric, let's start with the, the COVID situation. I mean, we've asked all our guests what this has done to them. Obviously, it's delayed the race season, uh, and we're sitting here almost at the end of July with just a few races in the books. But it seems like everybody's frustrated, and I'm sure you kind of share the, the same sentiment. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's a little frustrating from a, uh, a scheduling point um, between, you know, trying to, trying to work and uh, figure everything out and then try to get crew guys to be able to come to the track. So, uh, it's just, it's, it's tough when, you know, they announce races and you don't have a schedule out. So, um, you know, just you take it as it comes and, you know, hopefully everything falls into place that stuff starts to get, you know, loosened up here a little bit, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how the next couple of weeks go here. So you guys have got a couple races in the books on the NASCAR wheel and modified tour. You started at Jennerstown with no fans, uh, on Father's day weekend. Then you went to white mountain. Uh, for the first time for the tour there. What, what's these first two races been like? I don't think, you know, exactly the finishes that you were looking for, uh, but walk me through what it was like to run two tracks that, that you had never run uh, on the tour before. Yeah, it was, uh, I, I love going to new tracks. I felt like we were, uh, we missed the mark just a little bit at, uh, at Jennerstown. Um, you know, we, we didn't, um, we didn't really have the best of luck there, but, you know, we, we managed to get through and, you know, ended up, I forget where we finished. I think we were the last car on a lead lap. We just had issues all day during the race, but um, White Mountain was cool. I love the facility. I love the, you know, we camped there. We went to Mount Washington. We did a bunch of things at, off of the racetrack. 
uh, that were a lot of fun. So, um, you know, just in the race, uh, there was a three wide situation there getting into three that, you know, ultimately caused a pile up and uh, ended up breaking our sway bar 30, 30 laps into the race. So I uh, yeah, had to race 170 laps there with uh, with no um, sway bar. So that wasn't very fun, but um, I'm excited to go back there. I feel like we had a good piece there. Just we didn't get to show it. So excited to go back there on the first. You had a uh, breakthrough, I guess, at the end of last year where you guys got a new car. Um, and, and it seemed to me like it, it showed the speed in practice. You, you still might have had a little bit of trouble getting the right adjustment in the race, but you guys picked up the pace from where you were at the beginning of the year. Um, did you feel that way, too? I mean, is that is that new car kind of taking you to, to a new level from where you were, do you think? Yeah, we uh, it, we definitely, you know, found a little bit of speed. We uh, we kind of lost our mojo there in 2018 and the beginning of 19. And um, after we made the switch over to Fury, uh, we found a lot of speed and, um, you know, was happy with the way the program was going. We just we couldn't put a complete race together and really, um, you know, be 100 percent satisfied leaving the track every week. But, you know, found the speed. And, you know, eventually when you have the speed, the the interconnections and everything that you put together, you know, will eventually work its way out. But uh, we just had a little bit of unfortunate bad luck here to start the year, but nothing to hang our head about. And, um, you know, we just keep plugging away. And it, it's tough to get in a mojo too, though, going to new racetracks and not knowing really what to expect, you know, starting with a blank notebook. So um, we'll, we'll see, you know, going forward here, you know, they announced, you know, we're going to obviously White Mountain and we're going back to Jennerstown. So uh, we know the adjustments that we want to make going back there. And then uh, they just announced Manadnock, which I love running there. So uh, I'm excited for that race as well. These kind of short bull ring tracks um, seem to fit you a little bit better. I mean, obviously running a lot of races at Riverhead. But I was just going to ask you about Manadnock. I think that's a track that that's, seems to kind of fit your style even more than some of the other ones, right? A nice, small, bank, tight track. It seems like you'd probably show up there with something that could compete for a win. Yeah, I, I'm certainly uh, excited to go there. We ran well there uh, the years that the uh, MTS tour ran. You know, we, we did good there. We finished second to Priest in that uh, Winchester 200 uh, a few years ago. And it's just uh, it's a fun little neat little track to get around. So uh, we, we, we generally do pretty good on the three eights and under tracks. Uh, you know, I love obviously racing at Waterford. Um you know, tracks like that. So that's why I think White Mountain, you know, we unloaded, we didn't know what to expect and we were pretty good. Um, you know, just, you know, unfortunate circumstances there took us out of that race. So uh, that's why I'm excited to go back to that race as well. So aside from the tour, um, let's talk about the Tri-Track Series. I mean, something that you've done, I believe, at least once before um, in your career. This series is a completely different animal than the Modified Tour with heat races Concies instead of just single car qualifying. I mean, what what pulls you in to, to go to Star Speedway this Saturday for the SBN? Why make that decision to to get your car ready and go compete with that series? Uh it's it's racing at this point. You know, I mean, typically um, typically they're on off weekends from the general races that we do between the tour. You know, always being between fifteen and eighteen races a year. Uh, we've been doing the Stafford Open eighties recently and then we've been trying to do some specialty races at riverhead and you know the the tri-track races um you know you got to have you got to have your shit together for them races i mean they send cars home and uh it's very competitive and it's just the timing hasn't always been the best for us um going there but 
um, this year, you know, with everything going on, it just, you, we want to race and, um, you know, this, the scheduling and everything worked out for this one. And, and I've never been to star before. So, uh, I've never even actually been there to see a race. So I'm excited to go there for the first time and see what it's all about. Have you watched any, I mean, we talk to drivers all the time that watch film and kind of prepare. Have you watched anything? Have you seen any races there on YouTube? I mean, how, how the heck do you prepare for this knowing, uh, I mean, you're right. The competition's stiff. They send cars home. There's probably going to be 35 to 40. Uh, so what the heck do you think you got to do to prepare to, to go there and have a good chance? I think just communication between me and my crew chief and, you know, understanding, you know, what, what kind of tracks are similar to there and, and go there with a, with a base package that we think is going to work and, you know, be prepared to make a big switch and practice if we need to, you know, if we're off the mark, but uh, you know, I have full confidence in Jason that he's going to, you know, prepare a car that's going to uh, turn really well there. And, you know, we just strap in. I, I don't watch a ton of videos. Um, you know, I'll, I'll watch a few videos just to look at the the layout of the racetrack and, you know, see where people are running. But, you know, I, I can't say that I, I legitimately sit down and study film or, you know, watch a bunch of old races from there. But um, I'll watch a few minutes of a few videos, kind of get a something going through my head there and, uh, you know, just make the adjustments on the fly when we show up and unload. And the fly is going to be interesting. Uh, with, with that many cars there, obviously everybody's going to be in that situation. Uh, and a lot of drivers have not seen Star. What about Jason Shepard? Let's talk about him. I mean, you guys have worked really well together. You've been together for a while. I've seen Jason work uh, with some super late model competitors uh, over the last couple of weeks and have some success there too. What is it about that relationship and his knowledge uh, that's been able to have you guys have such a good connection? Yeah, I mean, we just, you know, we just gel well together. Um, you know, I can, I make some, um, you know, when describing car, sometimes I don't even have to say it. And he, you know, he already knows, um, you know, what, what I need in the car to go faster. So I, I don't know. It's just the communication factor um, between me and him. We kind of know what each other's thinking a lot of the time. And, um, you know, I think trust and confidence is big too. You know, I would... I, I've driven some cars before that you get a little leery when you get on the racetrack and you're like, oh man, you know, is this thing going to keep together or, you know, how's it going to be after 30 laps, whatever. But, you know, I, I fully trust. And, uh, you know, when I get in the car, there's, there's no, I'm not thinking about anything except turning the fastest lap that I can. And I think that goes a long way. And I, I don't think that uh, everybody uh, who, you know, drives a race car can say that. So, um, you know, that certainly goes a long way for my confidence. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, make us just gelled well together. Also, Joe, you guys went to Stafford this past Saturday for the Open 80. Uh, I wasn't there, but I watched Race Monitor. You guys had speed all day, ran pretty well in the race. Um, these Open 80s seem to be a successful trip for you, too. You've won one. Um, you know, there's that famous picture of you drinking the, the Bud Light uh, and getting poured <laughs> on in victory lane. But what the heck is it about these Open 80s that draws you in? I mean, this is really another... Uh, I guess you'd call it a little series now with a couple of them. Obviously, they're all at the same track, but this is another group of racers that, that's so competitive and that competition is so high. Yeah, I mean, listen, Stafford Stafford knows how to put a show on and, uh, you know, the Aroots, they're, they're cool people. They, they, you know, they message you during the week. They always ask you what's up, you know, see see what's going on. Um, you know, they, they have their stuff together over there. It's, it's fun to show up there. It's fun racing. Um, you know, Tom Fox has done a good job instituting and, and making sure people are staying legit. And it's, it's, you know, it's, it doesn't have that culture where they're breathing down your neck and, 
uh, it, it's legitimately fun to show up and race. You don't have all these restrictions on you. Um, you know, the, the rules are the rules are the rules. They're not overbearing. Um, you know, they let you play around a little bit and, you know, stay within the confines of the rules. But um, just the format is fun. I love racing at Stafford. You know, honestly, if I lived in Connecticut, I'd probably try to race an SK weekly there. Uh, just because I love the competition and, you know, I like racing at Stafford. It's just uh, everything about it. It's just fun to show up there. You know, I'm a little disappointed that the, that they can't get together and get a tour show there uh, put on the map this year, but um, it's just fun to show up. It's, it's a loose culture and it's uh, you know, that that's what racing is all about showing up to the track and having fun. And those open eighties are, are exactly that. Well, the fun uh, meter is going to go to a whole new level here with a couple races. Uh, you really got four or five races within a month uh, for the Goodale Motorsports team. Eric, want to thank you for taking some time. As always, we appreciate it and uh, look forward to seeing you at the track here this weekend at Star, and we wish you the best of luck. Yeah, man. Appreciate it, Kyle. Thank you. All right. That's been Eric Goodale. When we come back, we're going to talk about that open 80 at Stafford, figure out who the heck won it. Marcello Raffrano right up there at the end with Chase Dowling. Which one of them came away with the victory? We'll run you through it when we come back here after a break on Mainly Modifieds. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math or science person. No excuses. No problem. It's not rocket science. It's my computer career. Helping people start an IT career is their thing. If you don't absolutely love what you do, go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You can start your new life as an information technology professional in as little as four months. Attend classes on campus or live online just two or three times a week to get what you'll need to start your new career. More than just a school, My Computer Career helps you get into the industry by working with hundreds of employers that hire their students. My Computer Career is nationally accredited and financial aid is available for those who qualify, including the GI Bill. Classes start soon, so go take the career evaluation now at mycomputercareer.edu. Mycomputercareer.edu. That's mycomputercareer.edu. Victory Custom Trailers is a new and used trailer and RV dealership specializing in motor coaches, toter homes, race trailers, stackers, and lift gates. Their number one priority is to provide the absolute best customer service and deliver the finest quality trailers and coaches with flawless fit and finish. With over 200 coaches and trailers in stock, they are sure to have what you're looking for. If you're looking for something more custom, they can assist you in designing a trailer to meet your specifications so you will not be disappointed. In fact, you can design your very own trailer right from their website. For more information, just go to the website. You can check their inventory online. It's VictoryCustomTrailers.com. That's VictoryCustomTrailers.com. Welcome back to Mainly Modifieds, as uh, we heard from Kyle Souza and Eric Goodell, and Kyle now joins us on the podcast, and uh, Kyle, a really interesting interview. You kind of covered a pretty wide range of topics with Eric, and um, I mean, it's it's interesting just to listen to the drivers talk about you know, what's going on in their situation. And, you know, now we've had a couple of races, thank God, to chat about. And, um, you know, Eric's uh, er- Eric's kind of going all over the page here because not only is he running the wheeling tour, but obviously running tri-track and, um, you know, the open 80. Uh, and so he's doing a lot of racing. And I think 
you know, I, I'm surprised, honestly, that more of the tour tour teams or tour drivers aren't taking advantage of some of these other shows just because there's so little racing in general. It's like whenever you get the chance to go to the track, you know, let's go and go race something, even if it's, um, you know, not a wheeling race. But um, it was that was an interesting conversation with Eric. Yeah, nice to catch up with him and nice to hear. Uh, that, that he's doing well. I mean, obviously, this yeah. pandemic has hit everybody in a different way. For sure. Um, I've talked to Eric a couple times, you know, you know, not for podcast purposes, um, and obviously I've seen him at the track as well uh, over the last couple of weeks. Of course, he's run two of those modified tour races. He'll talk about that as well. Uh, I actually did talk about that a moment ago, um, you know, running at Jennerstown at White Mountain. Weird situation, man. They had no fans at Jennerstown, fans at White Mountain, a lot of them, um, and then going back to White Mountain again, uh, on August 1st is the next stop on tour. We're sitting here in the, you know, the, the latter part of July. Yeah. Uh, and I think you heard from him in there, Tom, that not concern, you know, that there's not going to be a lot more races, but he's just dying a race. And I think you're exactly right. That's why he wants to get the track yeah. uh, this weekend, just because these guys have so much money invested in these race cars that for them to sit in the garage all year is, is just such a shame. And it's, it's nobody's fault. Um, but this is the one year where you're going to see these guys branch out, I think, more than they ever have before. Well, and, you know, see, to me, that's good. And I like seeing the guys cross over between the different tours, different series. I think it, you know, it makes it so much more interesting um, in the fact that, okay, well, you know, I can win in this one. Can I go in in that one? Um, you know, that kind of thing. And the fans, again, it it comes down to having all, you know, ideally as a, as a modified fan, it doesn't matter if you're going to a tri-track show or a tour show, you know, you'd really like to have all available cars, you know, at the show, right? And and uh, so, you know, I know growing up for me in the 70s, and again, I know we're going back 50 years and, you know, a lot of things have changed, but, you know, that was the one thing I was loved about the modified 200 at a Swiggle on Classic Weekend because, we get 60 or 70 cars and they come from all over the place. So we got the representation of the local New Yorkers. You got, you had some from PA. It's a bunch from the different New England states. Um, you know, a, a couple from Canada that would come down. Um, so we, we had a great representation and it was, it was everybody. It wasn't, well, I'm skipping this cause I only run NASCAR or whatever. It was everybody. And, you know, so I love the fact that uh, we're, you know, we're seeing at least a little bit of that this year, but, you know, it's it's kind of disappointing that anymore you can't be. And I understand why, because there are a lot of teams who just can't afford to run the tour because it just flat costs too much. And so um, it's just hard. But, it, you know, Eric's a guy like that you said that seems to he likes to race and just wants to get out there and run the car. Um, and there just are, you know, unfortunately, there just aren't enough tour shows to do that. So you got to look for other ways. Maybe this will be something that can carry over once we do go back to, you know, normal if, uh, as as it as it is, um, you know, and maybe some guys will think about, you know, maybe I can go run this tri-track race or I can go run the open 80s and still do the tour, you know, wherever there's not a conflict and try to race as many shows as possible. Yeah, and I think the conflict thing is the biggest thing here, yeah. Tom. We talked to a lot of these teams before. Uh, you know, first of all, for some reason, and, and you know, there might be reasons behind it, but the NASCAR guys seem to be the NASCAR guys. Doug Kobe, Justin Bossy, or the chance they're going to attend a tri track race, um, you know, with those cars seems kind of low. Yeah, uh, the tires are a bit different. They just don't do it. Um, but 
guy like Eric Dale, um, you know, is not a full-time NASCAR guy. He runs the NASCAR tour full-time, uh, but he, he's not so committed to it that he doesn't do anything else with Tri-Track and, and, you know, the Stafford Open 80s out there. So I think you got a good mix of that. And, I mean, you get a good mix on the Tri-Track series, especially of veterans that have been running modifieds for their whole career, guys that are young and up-and-coming and, and haven't run modifieds along at all, um, and then a mix of some in between, guys like Les Hinckley, who have been doing this a long time but never really went to the NASCAR tour. Right. So, uh, Goodale going to Tri-Track, some good stuff. Uh, you know, I think it's going to be really exciting for him to, to get that type of competition. You heard him say about White Mountain. They had that broken sway bar that hurt him there. They haven't really put together a full race yet in the first two they've run on the tour. Open 80 at Stafford this past Saturday. Uh, you know, we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. But he had a decent run there as well. He, he was strong. Car was fast. Uh, and everywhere he goes, they, they've got a good piece of equipment. For sure. Yep. Um, with, with Jason Shepard. Uh, on the crew chief box forum. So looking forward to seeing him there. And, uh, I mean, in general, Tom, looking forward to seeing this tri-track race. Well, we might as well transition to that. Sure. Um, coming up this coming Saturday night. I mean, this is going to be one heck of a show uh, up at the Star Speedway. The ninth annual SBM race. Uh, it's the second race of the tri-track season. If you remember, Tom, let's start there. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about the old bump and run. Yes. Um, Les Hinckley. Versus Craig Watts. Craig Watts winning the opener, and both of those guys are entered for Saturday at Star. I think it's fair to say that a lot of people are going to be possibly looking for round two uh, of that chaotic finish. Is it going to be those two, or maybe be somebody else? Well, I'll tell you, I wish I could be there for that because, you know, again, this is going to be old school. You're going to have 35 to 40 cars, um, which is, you know, obviously at Star Speedway, that's a Bowl field, right? Um, and you know, again, the the Lutz Hinkley feud um, does it continue? You got Ryan Priest who has entered the race, which is awesome. Um, kind of been waiting to see Ryan bring his car out somewhere, and and obviously understanding that uh, his uh, Cup schedule has to come first, and it's uh, you know there aren't many races down here at this point for him, so he has to go up north somewhere. Um, this is the perfect opportunity for him to do that. Uh, I just, I think the, the level of competition, I think, you know, this is going to be a throwdown and you're right. Bumping and run. <laughs> I think we, we're going to see plenty of bumping runs on Saturday night at star. Um, not just for the lead. Um, you know, it's, that's, that's the kind of a track you just love to watch modifieds at because they just get after it and, um, you know, and it gets tight and, uh, you know, you got a dozen or more guys probably with a shot to win that. Yeah, let's take a look at that list uh, of some of the drivers that are going to be in competition. Obviously, you said some of the bigger names. We'll talk about free specifically in a second. Yeah. Uh, second. But 35 to 40 cars expected. That's just about what they got for the opener in Manadnock a couple weeks ago. So yep. the series feels confident uh, that they're going to get that again. They've already had 28 cars pre-ordered tires. Uh, we're still five days before the race. So... Uh, seems like a fair number. The names on that list, some of the best in modified racing, and I'll say it time and time again, this Tri-Track series does it uh, the right way. Yep. They bring in the best names. You've yep. got Les Hinckley, who we just talked about. You've got Brian Narducci, uh, a three, uh, two-time NASCAR Division Three national champion and multiple-time SK Light winner. Chuck Hosfeld, who I thought was retired, um, is not retired, apparently. <laughs> he was. Here he comes. 
retired, and he's not. And now he's not. To catch up with him. At some point, we got to catch up with Chuck. Yeah. Um, to see the deal, but he's coming to star uh, on Saturday. Joey Cipriano, Maddie Swanson's coming back. Tommy Barrett, Woody Pitcat, Andy Jankowiak, Ronnie Williams, Anthony Sesley, Ronnie Silk, Matt Kimball, Anthony Nocella, Richard Savory. I mean, this is ridiculous. The talent level. Um, that Tri-Track brings on, and that, that's just the start of it, Tom. you got guys like Chase Dowling. I had even mentioned on there he hadn't pre-ordered tires as of yesterday, and I know he's coming. Uh, and you got some other ones as well that haven't pre-ordered yet that are definitely going to be attending, including wow. Craig Lutz. So, I mean, star power to the mat um, for this event at Star Speedway. This is going to be probably one of the top three modified races of 2020. Um, anywhere with, with the talent laden field, anywhere yeah. I agree, anywhere in anywhere. the country, I think. Yep. Um, yeah. you know, with the talent level that's been able to assemble at Bobby Weber Star Speedway, not many people know about Star Speedway. Uh, it's up in Epping, New Hampshire, kind of in the middle of uh, you know, pull off Route 101, and it's there randomly. Um, they do run a weekly program, but Star is known for these modified races, uh, and this one's going to be no different. And heck, you know, you mentioned Ryan Priest. I mean, who doesn't want to see Ryan Priest? I mean, you know Ryan very well, uh, just as well as I do. I talked yep. to him earlier this week, and he was so happy um, to be getting behind the wheel of this modified. And I think, Tom, you look back to the days of 1990s when Dale Earnhardt, Richard Petty, all these other guys came to short tracks. This is what Ryan Priest wants to do. He wants to go race. He wants to go see his fans, and I think that's amazing. Well, I do too, and I think it's a great opportunity for him. And like I said, his cup schedule has to come first, and you know, with all of the you know, the changes in that particular aspect of his life because of the virus and, you know, the changes of tracks and, okay, we're going here instead of there and whatever. It's, it's just hard for him. I'm sure to try and find spots to get away and, you know, and go race. Um, The, the opportunity comes this weekend because the cup series is at Kansas on Thursday uh, of this week. So, no Sunday race for the cup cars. That's why uh, he gets the opportunity to, to go ahead and, and, uh, and, and do it. But it's really interesting to, um, to, you know, to see him coming out. And, and again, it's star speedway. It's the perfect, absolutely perfect track for a modified race. It's nice and tight. You know, everybody's going to be in a bunch all night long. Nobody gets away from anybody. Um, you know, you're going to have a lot of back and forth racing that that's, that's what the modifieds are known for. And I just think, uh, I think it's going to be great. I can't, I, I can't wait to, um, to see how that turns out and, and Ryan coming back and, and, you know, he comes back, you know, really as a celebrity. I mean, he was a very popular driver before he went to NASCAR. Now he's in the cup series. So everybody, you know, wants to see him again and, and, uh, you know, and chair him on and wish him well. So um, but, but he knows, I'm sure. And, and everybody should know that him coming back as much as he was one of the best on the tour when he was running it consistently, he's coming back now into a field full of Hornets, you know? Um, I mean, these guys are, are top notch, so it's not an automatic win for him by any means. He's going to have to, you know, obviously earn it like anybody else, but that, that only makes that race in a, in a race that probably didn't need Ryan Priest to be a star-studded field. That only makes it more of a star-studded field. Yeah, uh, you mentioned that field, and I talked to Ryan earlier this week. He said, "I mean, this is going to be one of the best fields of the whole year." And, and really, Tom, to be honest with you, Ryan's not going to be ashamed to admit it. 
and I can't put it any more bluntly than this. He is he has pretty much sucked the last couple of times he's yeah. done his modified. He and really he'll has. tell you that. I mean, yeah. he has been he You're has right. just not been good, and that's not what we're accustomed to seeing from Ryan. And I think there's a variety of factors in that. One of them probably being that he doesn't drive it a whole lot anymore. Um, you know, with his cup schedule, sure. but he definitely does not want to show up there and be a slouch. Um, because if he does, you know, that, that's just not his style and it's really nobody's style, but it's not his style at all. Um, so he's looking forward to getting back behind the wheel in that number six for Eddie and Connie Partridge. T.S. Hallers on board. Uh, no Troyer car this time. He's bringing his CD chassis, uh, up there to star. He'll practice on Friday night, uh, and race on Saturday in the SBM, which is going to be, you know, th- this race is, is really the cream of the crop in modifieds, not just because of the starts out of talent. Uh, but because of the legacy that this race has. Talk about being, that. Yeah, this being the last uh, race coming up uh, for Star, uh, at least for this year, the only one that they do. And they do it once a year, Tom, because they love this event so much that they, they don't want to make it more than one a year. They want right. it to be one marquee show. Um, and, of course, this being the ninth annual event, uh, we've had three, four different winners. Matt Hirschman's won it four times, no surprise. John McKennedy's <laughs> won it twice. Uh, Todd Patnode in 2018, a local New Hampshire driver winning, and then Ron Silk last year picking up the win. So you've got four different drivers that have won it in nine years. Uh, doing some digging this, this week and have to really thank Kevin Rice, uh, who works for Area Auto Race News, who helped me get some of this information. 96 drivers have showed up to these SBM races total. Oh, wow. Uh, and that, that's a lot of cars overall um, that have come. Some other stats, you talk about Priest. He's run this race four times, finished in the top three, three of them. Uh, Wes Hinckley's finished second three times, hasn't won it yet. Matt Hirschman's won it four times, I mentioned, but he's been top five in all but one uh, of them, so you know he's going to be a factor. Woody Pitcat's run it four times. He's been top ten in all his starts. Ronnie Williams finishing second last year in his first SBM start. And that race last year came down to Ronnie Silk versus Ronnie Williams versus Matt Swanson. I mean, this is really... Top, top, top modified contenders going at it uh, for a big win. And this purse, Tom, we've talked about it before, $40,000 and more up for grabs, 6000 to the winner. I, I don't know where you're going to beat that uh, for a 100-lap tour-type modified race with a tire change rule. You can change one during the race for no reason, but pretty much you better save your stuff at the beginning because you got to be there at the end. Well, and it's interesting because you would think running on a bull ring, you know, it wouldn't be – Tires wouldn't be an issue, but they are. And, you know, you you got to be careful not to overcook them, too. And the same, I would guess, for the brakes at, at Star. You know, you gotta you got to be smooth. And, uh, it's it, again, it's the perfect perfect recipe. I just wish I could be there. Um, you know, because that, that, that's a race that deserves national television, in my opinion, because the track's, the track's right. The, 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 the field is deep and, and very competitive. Um, you know, and you got some star power with drivers like Ryan. Uh, so should be a lot of fun at uh, Star on Saturday night, and hopefully uh, everybody's safe and, 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 and puts on a good show. So, Tom, the other thing I want to mention before we transition to uh, away from Tri-Track towards yeah. the tour, the modified tour, this is the 50% capacity event again. Manadnock uh, had 50%. Okay. So does Star for the state of New Hampshire. So if you're listening uh, and you haven't bought your tickets yet, they are encouraging you to buy them ahead. Uh, they might not sell the 50% out because they got a lot of people that can fit in there, but they also might. Uh, so hate to see somebody show up to the track and can't get um, a grandstand pass. And if you're out there and you're listening and you haven't bought one and you do not and you go to the track and they're sold out of the grandstands, 
you can still buy a pit pass. So, you know, no matter what, you're going to get in the facility, uh, even if you need to go through the pits. And I, I, I always encourage that you do that for an extra 10 or $15 if you've got it. Um, you know, it's a whole new perspective from a race fan, I think, to go in the pits instead of the grandstand and see the cars and see the stars, see the drivers, see how it's all running there. Uh, so I always encourage that as well. Uh, but don't forget to order your tickets ahead. Don't let the uh, 50% capacity sell out and then you don't have your tickets because that would be a real shame that you missed yeah. this one. Uh, it is going to air live on Speed 51 as well, Tom. Uh, so those fans nice. that are out of the Northeast region that can't get down, you know, can't get up here to New England, uh, look for more details on that here coming a little bit closer to the race. But it uh, should be a good one on Saturday at Star. Looking forward to that. We might as well talk about the NASCAR Wheel of Modified Tour. Uh, while well, we got everybody's attention, uh, and this is a little bit of a, a little bit, I guess it's a little bit more exciting of an episode to know that we've got three planned races coming up for sure. Yeah, we um, saw some breaking and, news yesterday about Mananoc. That was exciting. Yeah, so we mentioned Mananoc with TriTrack. Um, Modified Tour, obviously the pandemic messing that up a lot, uh, but they've ran at Jennerstown and White Mountain. They're going back to White Mountain August 1st, so just a couple of weeks away. Uh, Jennerstown again on August 22nd, and then Monadnock added to the schedule. First time they'll go there since 2016. That's going to be on Saturday, August the 29th. And uh, Tom Monadnock, another one of those small bow ring tracks uh, that could produce a heck of a battle, similar to what we saw at White Mountain, maybe a little bump and run here and there. Uh, but, again, I'm so happy that Jimmy Wilson's been able to work with Monadnock sure. to get a race because, it, it, it's honestly, it's looked pretty dire here. Uh, in the last couple of months, and I'm happy to now see we've got at least three confirmed. That August 19th Wednesday night show at Thompson, NASCAR has not confirmed it. Thompson said they're going to do it, but NASCAR has not confirmed that event's happening. So I guess some some decision-making to be made there still. But back to my adlock, I love that place, man. This should put on a great show. Well, it should, and, and you look at it, and we – you know, we keep trying to sort of create this window of where we think the number of races will fall, and we've been saying four to six after we get through all three of these, um, providing that uh, sunshine prevails, um, you know, we'll be at five. So, you know, that's actually not, you know, that's that's encouraging, and you've still got at least September and maybe October to to work with to get a couple more in. So maybe it's back to the six to eight uh, idea that we talked about from jump. And, and of course, it's not, you know, it's not 17, but it's better than, you know, for a couple of weeks, it kind of looked like we'd struggle to even get to six. So now six seems realistic. And maybe you squeeze a couple more out of the, out of the available uh, calendar time. So, you know, if you if you can get to six to eight, given the situation that you were dealing with, um, you know, beginning in March there, I mean, that's not terrible uh, at, at this point compared to where we thought we might be. Yeah, I think, you know, maybe a couple of weeks ago, um, we maybe thought, you know, I, I said eight to ten was a possibility. Um, and I, I'm not saying it's not. Jimmy Wilson's working hard to find races. Yeah, that's... Um, but I, I think... I think that would be you know, a little bit surprising to me if they could get up to eight races um, in 2020. I think you're more four to six, two down. You've got three scheduled here. That makes five by the end of August. It is possible we get to eight um, if things don't shut back down. You've got September, October, maybe even November to fit some more races in. So it's possible. Um, but I think you heard from Erica Dale, Tom, too. 
They're just happy to know that there's confirmed dates coming up because well, they had yeah. no clue. Right. You know what I mean? They had no clue yep. where they were going to race and when. Um, and I think just to see that they've got some confirmed dates is making them a little bit more reassured um, that they're going to have a, a successful season. But I don't know. I think the big question this brings up, what does the future look like? Number one, we don't know. I don't know the answers to that. Number two, what does it mean to win a championship when there's only six races? Does it carry as much prestige as it did with 17? Uh, I, I don't know the answer to that either. Some drivers tell me it will. Some drivers tell me they don't know. Some say it won't. I mean, what, what do you think? I don't, I'm not, I haven't really formulated a full opinion on this because it's, it's a tough question. Will the championship matter as much? Obviously, to the team and driver it wins, it will. Um, but does it does it put you up there on that same level as some of the other champions? I don't know. Well, I mean, look, you 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 gotta you, you gotta deal with what you the, you gotta play the cards you dealt is I guess the phrase I want. You know, you can't say well it doesn't mean anything because we only ran six or eight races. Um, you know, I was the best guy over the course of those six or eight races or whatever the number is, right? I mean, I um. I can't speak for another person on on this because it's it's kind of subjective. Um, but if I had a race car and I were running in the tour and I won the championship, uh, I don't care how many races I ran. It's it, to me this is no different than you start with seventeen and get seven of them rained out or whatever. You know where you can't. I mean, um, it's you're still the best driver, the best team over the course of the, that number of races. Um, so I don't know. I I feel like it should. I mean, you're still the champion of the tour, however many races they ran. So I feel like it should matter as much. It should be as prestigious. Um, you know, everybody said when Kyle Busch got hurt a few years back and missed eleven races, then came back and won the championship. You know, that everybody said, "Well, that's not fair." And it's like, "Well, sure it is. He missed eleven races and still." you know, put himself in the playoffs and still won when it counted. I mean, you, you, you know, you play the cards you're dealt. So I feel like it should mean uh, as much as if there were 17. 17 is just a number. It's, it's you know, I, I don't know. I mean, but again, it's hard to speak for an individual. I can tell you this, if if the individual that wins it feels like it didn't mean as much, I'm sure the guy in second would be happy to take his place, right? You know, the money and the trophy and whatever else you get. I'm sure uh, I'm sure the next batter up would be happy to, to say, well, if you're not, you know, if it doesn't mean that much to you, I'll take it. Um, because it's all the same. It's just what you, it's just what you had to work with. Yeah. And I mean, you know what, honestly, it's frustrating for everybody. Sure it is. I mean, I, I've said sure this it before. It's frustrating for you. It's frustrating for me. It's frustrating for the drivers, the car owners, the sponsors, the teams, NASCAR. Don't get me wrong. NASCAR would love to have run 16 races already. Sure. You know I mean, they love to have run the whole schedule. Of course. Obviously. And all these racetracks across the whole country uh, definitely feel the same way. I don't know. I, I do give a lot of credit to what Jimmy's done uh, to put the races well, he's put together. Well, of course. Yeah, together. you have to. He's, he's done a good job. It's not easy. Um, you know, it, it's honestly probably been the toughest job that he's ever dealt with in his role. Well, um, sure. And I think he'd say that, you know, dating back to when he started in that role, which I was, I think has been about five to seven years now, somewhere in there. Don't quote me on that, but something like that. Yeah. Um, this is definitely the toughest year of his, his NASCAR wheel modified tour directing career. There, there's no dang doubt about it. Well, um, 
and give so. as much credit to the to the track owners, you know, and and track promoters and and the teams, you know, everybody in the equation, you know, is a part of that. And so, yes, definitely the NASCAR officials, Jimmy and his staff, but also you got to give credit to the the track owners for stepping up. White Mountain now, I mean, they're going to put on two shows, right? They weren't on the original schedule. And, you know, they've stepped up for two shows. Manadoc stepped up. They weren't on the schedule. Um, so, you know, credit everybody in the equation. Um, and that's why I keep harping even on my other shows. Um, you know, if there's a race locally, go support it. Um, these tracks, these series, everybody needs the income. You know, the drivers need the support. So if, you know, if there's a race locally and it has fans, even if it's only half grandstand or whatever, go make the effort to go and support it. Um, And if you can't go and it's on pay-per-view, then, you know, go get the pay-per-view and watch it because it's really important that we all pull together and help each other get through this season because, um, you know, again, some of these tracks are you know, zero for income for the year. Um, and so the ones that are able to to step up and have shows, you know, need every bit of support they can get all the way around. And the teams obviously want fans there where they can be, um, you know, safely. And so we all need to support what's there. I But I think uh, I, I think that's good to be able to say we know we know three shows that are coming up in August and you say that there's some confusion over the Thompson deal. Um, that kind of interests me just from the standpoint of it should be fairly. If if Thompson says we are, I'm interested. I mean, is this a question of whether NASCAR probably doesn't want to have fans, I'm guessing? Uh, I don't know. Uh, this is a tough one, Tom, honestly. This, this is a tough one. NASCAR's been pretty upfront with what races have been postponed versus what haven't. Okay. And, and they've been pretty upfront with what's been rescheduled and where it's been rescheduled to. Um, I, I think the, you know, the, the problem for me is, is they, you know, these other races get rescheduled and they come out and announce that they have been, and NASCAR has not announced that this has been rescheduled. Okay. Um, well, actually, let me back up a second. The race hasn't been rescheduled. It's still on the same day it was scheduled for, August 19th. Okay, so it hasn't um, been postponed. As of right now, it technically is still on the schedule. What would be the problem, I guess, would be? I think the the problem and, and the question that a lot of people are asking that's created some type of stir in the racing community is Connecticut's still at 25% for race ah, okay. Uh, total compa- that's total capacity, too. Don't mistake that with New Hampshire where it's 50% um grandstand grandstands okay. in new hampshire and the pit area you know indirectly between us you know the right. two of us and everybody listening the pit area is kind of <laughs> wide open up there right um in connecticut it's 25 percent total capacity and there is no way in heck that a track is going to bring in the tour at that large of a figure right um and still make the money back so i think that's the the big elephant in the room thompson's been pretty much silent about everything um Terry Eames, and we need to go into this on another episode, but Terry Eames has kind of took over everything there from an oval perspective with his new company, Econ Motorsports. He's going to promote it. Okay. But they've been dark. Like, they literally have put nothing out about the oval, and they're still planning on running August 19th and the World Series at the end of the year, but it's very, 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 very concerning to me that they've been silent about this. Um, And we're still, you know, now less than a month from the race. So, okay, you know optimism there for do i think that's going to happen uh august 19th 
Yeah, no, I don't think so at all. Okay. Uh, for the people I've talked to, I, I think there's a slim chance um, okay. that that happens. But never the case. Good thing we've got three races scheduled. Um, August 1st at White Mountain, August 22nd at Jennerstown, Manadnock, August 29th. All three of these races should have fans in the stands. Uh, Jennerstown didn't the first time, but they should this time, as long as things go well. And, uh, heck, I don't know. I don't know what the future is going to look like after that. They're just taking this a little bit at a time. I know Jimmy Wilson, you know, he does have a plan. I've talked to some people uh, that know of that plan. There are races on that plan. They're hoping actually to get up to more like 10 races. Um, they're hoping by the end of the year. Might be a little bit far-fetched, but unfortunately, Tom, you know, we just got to wait and see. I, I don't know. I don't know. You know what I mean? That's very way right. way to put it. I, ju- I just don't know. Well, the good news is that we have August... I guess I I should probably say in theory anyway, you have August done. The schedule for August is out there. I mean, if Thompson is still a question mark, then I'm sure they're still working on it or whatever. But you've got your three August races done. So it's July 21st, and your August shows are done. So now you can start working on September, and you're not even August yet. So it, for all intents and purposes... You're a month ahead now, which is way better than where we were a month ago. Um, so it's it's a better position for Jimmy and his group to work from to be able to start looking ahead at, okay, what can we do in September and October? You know, do we want to try to go into November? Because, I mean, you get into November and it's a crapshoot. I mean, you know, it can be snowing on Halloween up there. So it's kind of one of those... You know, if you're putting them out there, then you understand that we're doing them if, you know, but but you can get away hopefully with September and maybe, you know, even October. So if you can put a, even a couple shows in each month, you know, there's four more shows. You'd be at nine shows for the year. Maybe, you know, you, you stick one in for November hoping and make it the 10th or maybe, you know, at that point you find a way to come down here and do something or whatever at the end of the year, South Boston or whatever, who knows. But um, at least you're playing about a month ahead now, whereas, you know, a month ago we weren't anywhere near that. So that's, if nothing else, that's encouraging, regardless of the Thompson situation. Yeah, and I think, honestly, I just want to see some damn racing. Yeah, um, that's <laughs> exactly. the simplest way I can put it at this point. I just want to see race cars. Uh, I've been seeing race cars the last couple of weeks. I, I visited so Star Speedway. Yeah. I uh, visited Star last week to see what was going on up there before we head up there with Tri-Track this weekend. Check everything out. Talk to the track. Uh, everything's good up there. They're excited. We're excited for that on Saturday. And uh, before we wrap up this week's edition, Tom, we might as well talk about this Open 80 thing yes. at Stafford. Um, because, you know, the Open 80 thing is a huge success every time they do it. Um, I, you know, we mentioned last week Stafford's got a revamped schedule for 2020. Uh, with August really packed up with Friday and Saturday racing in there, open modified shows, stuff like that. It started this past week uh, with their open modified 80, the first of the year, 36 or 37 cars show up. Uh, They sent nine or 10 home. Obviously can't start that many cars. Uh, And in the end, it's a kid in victory lane. And, And some of you listening, you know, if you're New England modified fans, you know the name. If you're not a New England short track modified fan, you don't know the name. Uh, but you should. Marcello Refrano, uh makes a move on the last couple restarts. I think it was the second-to-last restart. Passes Chase Dowling and wins this race. The open modified 80 goes to Marcello Refrano, who started wow. 
literally basically last uh, in an 80-lap race, charged to the front, and Tom, from what I've heard, uh, and I've seen pieces of the race, I haven't seen the whole thing yet, but from what I've heard, one of the best drives to the front in Stafford history uh, by Marcello Raffrano this week. I mean, such an impressive name uh, that he has now made for himself to get in victory lane in the open modified 80. We talked about the talent level in these races, and he comes out of nowhere at the end and stinks up Chase Dowling's show. Dowling had led most <laughs> of it uh, for the first 70 or so laps, and Raffrano steals it from him, but that youth talent uh, is clearly right there. Well, of course. And I mean, you know, Chase is still relatively a kid, right? And um, though he's become a veteran of, you know, SK and modified racing, he's he's young. He's still relatively young himself. Um, But again, that's, you know, we talk about this over and over and I talk about it because I'm so excited about it for the fans in New England. It's such an incredible thing to watch. You know, the the depth in the modified circuit up there um, and the SKs, both um, just incredible. And Stafford just uh, putting on great shows. So for a young man like Marcello to be able to not just start on the pole and lead all the laps, but to actually come through the field and pass Chase Dowling, um, you know, that's no small feat. And uh, congratulations to Marcello. It'd be kind of fun to... Um, to get him on a future show and, and, and let more of the fans get to, to hear him and know more about him and his story because he's obviously a driver we're going to have to pay attention to for the uh, foreseeable future here. Yeah, looking forward to catching up with him. He's a great kid. Uh, SK Light, a former champion there in the SK Light. He was part of that crazy year when him and Brian Arducci went uh, neck and neck right down to the wire yeah. um, for that SK Light championship. So he picks up the win. Uh, Dowling finished right up there, too. Obviously, he was a little bit frustrated after the race. You lead all those laps and you don't win. Who isn't going to be frustrated uh, with that type of finish? Dowling second. Joey Cipriano was third. Goodale, who we talked to earlier, was fourth. And Craig Lutz, fifth. Uh, Matt Galco, sixth. Mike Swanson was seventh. Tommy Catalano, Ronnie Williams, and Todd Owen uh, completing the top ten. 26 starting. Some of the names that didn't finish in the top ten, Charlie Pastriak, Ryan Doucette, Anthony Nostella, John McKennedy. Wow. I mean, these guys are, this is really a star-studded list uh, of race competitors. And you had guys that didn't qualify uh, that are former Stafford winners. Mark Bakai, a former SK Light winner, didn't even qualify, couldn't make it into the race. That's how stout this field was. Dale Kopech, Danny Cates, uh, former legend car standout, Noah Corner. I mean, this is really uh, the, the cream of the crop. That and the Tri-Track Series brings together such a talent-laden field. It's ridiculous. Well, um, you look at and, you Cipriano know. finishing third, Kyle. I mean, there's another example of a young driver who, you know, needs just, and, and I use this metaphorically, of course, he just needs a good, you know, swift kick in the pants to, to be to be where Marcello Rufrano is or, or Dowling. You know, Joey is a very talented young racer, and, and it isn't, I, I use that metaphor not to say that, um, he's not trying hard enough or whatever, but to say that he's that close. So, like, if you could just push him over the line, you know, he's he's one of these drivers that you just feel like if you put him in the in the right equipment in the right situation, um, you know, there's no the 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 ceiling for his talent. I think is very high, and you know, he and and he's a he's a they're a great family, first class kid. Um, you know, again, just shows you the depth of the younger talent. The SK Modifieds 
works so well as a development class like that to get experience in, and then they, they get up to the modifieds, and, you know, you start seeing these guys be able to run with the best in the business up there, and that's what makes these tracks and this racing so much fun. It doesn't have to be the wheel and tour. In fact, I would argue that some of the best racing with no disrespect meant to the, any of the folks on the wheel and tour at all because they put on great shows too. But I would argue some of the best racing that you see is not on the tour. It's in these tri-track shows at Stafford and these open 80s, you know, the other modified shows that go on um, because there's just so much talent that just can't run the tour. Yeah, that brings you uh, – that's a good point, Tom. It really is. Um, and, and these open modified 80s bring that competition level uh, really, to me, to a new level in yeah. all intents and sure. purposes. Yep. I mean, these guys, Stafford's a really competitive track to begin with, with their SK division. Um, but you, you get guys from the SK division come up into the open modified ranks and go against the top names in the modified ranks yep. and the top names in, in short track modified racing. What a heck of a show uh, it puts on. And you heard the Dale in our interview say that it's good stuff, man. This is like really good stuff. And the fans packed it, they've sold out again. Uh, they're at 25% capacity, too. As we mentioned earlier, they keep selling out for their races. So, I mean, going to be a good uh, couple weeks coming up, too, for Stafford. This coming Friday night, the 24th, they've got Dunleavy's Modified Night, uh, the fourth annual, extra money up for grabs, uh, and 20 extra laps for the SK Light Modifies, 40 for them. They've got weekly racing next Friday, and then August 1st is the second Open 80. It's a Saturday afternoon again. Uh, and then they'll have the next Friday night, the 7th, they'll have a 100-lap open modified show. And then on the 8th, a Saturday, the next day, they're going to have that $5,000 to win 100-lap SK show. I mean, this is really a stout list of races coming up. Uh, and we mentioned the SK. Before we end this episode, I do want to also mention, Tom, that guy Keith Rocco yeah. uh, is two for two uh, in the SKs in 2020. And, heck, that's no surprise either. No, I, well, I was sitting here thinking we just – had this spiel about all the young talent coming through the SKs up into the modifieds. And then there's Keith Rocco <laughs> who's been there forever and is still almost is undefeated on the season so far. Um, that, the, that guy's just incredible. I mean, you need that's to me, that's the benchmark in the SK, you know, uh, okay, I'm good, but can I beat Keith Rocco? <laughs> you know, if I beat Keith Rocco, I'm doing something really, really good. Um, that's awesome to see that he's two for two and that he's still going. And um, you know, there again, that's that that guy to me is the benchmark in that in that division. Um, but it's just funny that after we get finished talking about all the young talent that develops themselves in that class, um, there's Keith still sitting there, two for two. Yeah, good to see, uh, and good to see their SK division thriving. Yeah. Love that division, uh, and I'll watch SKs anywhere at any time. Uh, there, there's no doubt about that. Absolutely. Uh, otherwise, Tom, and doing a quiet weekend of racing, um, some tracks open, some not. No update really at Seekonk about fans or not, whether they're going to get fans in there. Should know by the time we get back in the air next week what their plan is. Seekonk postponed, uh, unfortunately, their Boston Louis Seymour Isma and Nima Light show oh, wow. uh, that was originally scheduled for August 12th. Not because, you know, we feel like we're not going to get fans in the stands, but more because no matter whether they give us fans or not, it's not going to be a big enough percentage to get enough fans in there for it to work. Um, and, and I say enough Makes fans, sense. you know, strictly because uh, five, six, um, you know, thousand people yeah. is, is a good number for a major event. Uh, you might not get quite that many. It might be more like four to five thousand. But we're not going to get that right away. 
Uh, we might get it over time at the rest of the year, but not right away. Um, so, you know, unfortunately that's been postponed. Seacon, we're going to continue uh, to work with these touring divisions and series. We'll fit them in somewhere, hopefully in the rest of 2020. If not, obviously get them back in the schedule for 2021. But otherwise, things quiet uh, in the New England race scene. I guess that's a good thing. Uh, a lot of modified racing on the line. Look forward to Star on Saturday. The tour the following Saturday at White Mountain, the Open 80s, uh, the SK5K, another tri-track race in the middle of August at Manadnock. I mean, this is the time to be a modified fan. And uh, nice to be able to break it all down with you here, right here on Mainly Modified. Well, and we will do that uh, each week as uh, these things come by. Uh, I think uh, I think we about covered it for this week's episode. And want to thank uh, Eric Goodell for his uh, time to spend with us to uh, – to be our featured guest, Kyle's featured guest this week on Mainly Modifieds. And uh, thanks to all of you who listened share. We appreciate it. Uh, we look forward to bringing this stuff to you each and every week because we love Modifieds and New England racing just as much as you do. And, um, you know, it's funny because somebody said to me the other day, well, why do you care about New England racing if you're in the South? I'm like, that's a dumb question. <laughs> like, who doesn't care about Besides, I was born in New York. And so the, the Northeast, for me, is, is sacred ground. So th- this is a privilege for me to be able to, uh, to do this show with you, Kyle, and, and to be able to, to help um, keep the, the word out there and, and get these guys publicity and whatever we need to do um, to keep the passion fueled for New England racing. Because uh, it, it just, I've said it before, I'll say it one more time. I don't think there is, in the entire country, I don't think there is a more competitive, more historic, um, you know, more more passionate audience and, and uh, racing scene in any region of the country than there is in New England. And uh, it's just so much fun to talk about each week. So with that being said, um, for Kyle Souza, I'm Tom Baker. Thanks for joining us on this week's Mainly Modifieds. We hope you have a safe and enjoyable weekend of racing wherever it is that you're, you're going. And uh, have a great rest of your week. And we'll see you back here next week for the next Mainly Modifieds. Until then, so long. You've been listening to Mainly Modifieds, the show where ground pounders and northeast speed freaks come to get their radio fix on. The show is available on demand by searching Race Chaser Radio on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Music, and most other major podcast platforms. Visit RaceChaserMedia.com for more unique motorsports stories and radio content. And follow Race Chaser Media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.